0: Welcome to the Talk Marketing Analysis for Life Sciences podcast with Covalent Bonds. I'm your host, Laura Brown, and I am Chief Effectiveness Officer here at Covalent Bonds HQ. In this podcast, we explore marketing and media analysis for life sciences, touching on topics from marketing data to our guests' biggest marketing failures and successes, because it is in learning from others that the magic happens. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the Talk Life Science Marketing Analysis podcast. Today we're doing something a bit different. I'm going to be chatting with some of our team at Covalent Bonds here about data science and marketing and how the two go hand in hand or in some places how they don't. So I have invited (laughs) onto the call my colleagues um, Marcy and Michelle who are both data people by background and they'll tell you a little bit about their background and I'm going to be asking them a load of questions about what are the things that data scientists wish marketers knew or things that they would want us to prepare before we start working on data-led marketing programs? So I'm going to first of all say hi both Marcy and Michelle, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm also going to explain that they're both very nervous about doing this podcast so um, (laughs) bear with them but it's going to be a lot of fun and um, hopefully this is really helpful. So, first of all, Marcy and Michelle, welcome. Marcy, do you want to just um, Hi, give a thank quick, you. quick introduction? What's yeah. your job title, first of all?
1: Yeah, thank you for joining. Um, my name is Marcela. I'm actually a scientist by profession. Um, well, an engineer and, um, and a scientist. And obviously, because of that, I was very acquainted with data analytics and statistics throughout my career. Um, and then I decided to go full into the data scientist area. So, yeah. Excellent.
0: Like thank you in a nutshell. Well, that was perfect. And Michelle, say hi and what's your um role and your background?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: hi. So, um I uh, uh thank you for having me and I've already started like stumbling, so here we go. So, I am a baby analyst who was fresh out of school and when the pandemic hit and so um as a math major who ended up building a lot of data analytics skills through my math degree. I just kind of entered that sort of market. And so most of my analytics work has been at different companies in their marketing department. So I've basically been a marketing data analyst for what I guess I could consider like my entire professional career. (laughs) So it's not very long,
0: but, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think you guys are then perfect for me to ask you this question because I know that I am never clear, and I'm guessing our audience. What is the difference between a data analyst and a data scientist? First of all,
2: it means Marcy's smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, well, let me just say, so if somebody's coming in and saying, "I need like." A load of data <laughs> collected, analyzed. Who do we go to, Mercy or Michelle? It depends on what
1: you want to do with it. If you just if you just want to do an exploratory analysis um, to like later on generate hypotheses, then you probably go to a data analyst to help you. Um, I don't know, visualize the data. But if you want to like set up a real model to either um i would say um predict a behavior mm-hmm. or 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 an outcome in general or to test those hypotheses that you saw previously then you would more likely go to a more experienced uh professional yeah which would be oh, a data scientist yeah like it' like follow like a like further down the line that's that's all Yeah,
2: so I I just want to clarify before I accidentally incite a flame war. um, (laughs) I don't mean (laughs) that all data scientists are smarter than data analysts. (laughs) But but you kind of think of it as like um, runs on a ladder, I guess, in terms of like how much experience is necessary. So like, As a data scientist, Marcy can do the work of a data engineer and a data analyst, but I would need more training to learn how to become a data engineer followed by a data scientist. So analysts do exactly what their name says. They analyze, so they're taking data that already exists, and they are looking at it and teasing it and pulling it apart and figuring out what it's telling them. And then usually through visualization, we'll then report on what that data says, and then we'll make uh, reasonable assumptions to allow them to make reasonable forecasts for where the data could go Mm -hmm. based on actions taken. So they're very much looking at the past to make sense of the present and potentially the future. Whereas uh, Marcy is a data scientist is a time lord. So she's like, give me a hint. Give me an idea of where we are and what you think you kind of want to see, where you want to be. And then they will take that data and they will pull it to shreds and (laughs) and look around the tea leaves and figure out what's going on. And then based on the data from the past and the present, they will make these models that will tell you some sort of future, like, all of those uh, models about like, the climate is dying, like, that's mm-hmm. those are data, <laughs> those are so, data so,
0: scientists. <laughs> so, so that's a really clear explanation from both of you. So thank you. So let me just mm-hmm. if, if one of our listeners is sat going, right, I've been asked, to work out which of our marketing channels is having the most impact on our sales. And there is no system in place to do that. From what you're saying, it sounds like they should come to a Marcy, a data scientist to gather the data and to ask that, define what that question is, that hypothesis to get the answer. And then the analyst helps visualize and tell the story that the data is bringing to the table. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, you will have to first like start where are you going to store the data, and how are you going to store it, and um, how does that data communicate, right, in all the levels? So yeah,
2: yeah, you want You definitely want an engineer, like a data engineer, to
1: build the data infrastructure
2: or advise on the infrastructure that you need. Because um, you you don't even necessarily need a full blown scientist for that. It's that's more about infrastructure, data infrastructure. But yeah, so you'd want a data engineer for
0: that. So let's say we are in a, a company who are about to start a marketing measurement program. At what point should they engage with you guys? Would you want them to have mapped out what the like data map is and what they're trying to achieve and bring it to you? Or would you prefer to be involved in that from the beginning?
1: I guess the healthiest ground floor is best. I think the healthiest is to be since the very beginning because sometimes... As a marketer, you're going to want to see things, but you don't like, we would need to like try to land it to actual measurements. And how are we going to get like that? Yeah, that's what we want to see, but what can we actually see? Because sometimes we can't measure what we want to measure. So we have to take kind of like side indicators and guess from those indicators. So I think that it would be more beneficial, yeah, to be, since the very beginning, to be able to see those those things.
0: Okay. Uh, Sorry, Michelle, you go.
1: Okay, I was just going to say, like, yeah, the
2: thing about data is that it's very hard to act on it or change it retroactively so the systems that you set up now kind of lock you in place for down the line unless you go through like an entire restructuring which is a lot more painful than just setting it up right the first time you know
1: well Um, and sometimes you cannot even restructure even if you wanted to like with for example certain kinds of data and marketing like if you missed it well then you have to wait another month to record it exactly exactly
0: so let's say a company is thinking about implementing a marketing measurement program and they're starting to engage you. What kind of things do they need to think about and check that they're in place to be able to do this? Because if they're not capturing the data, like you said, you're not going to be able to measure it. So what kind of things should they think about, first of all, to check?
1: I think that, I don't know, I would go like I wouldn't get that much into data per se. Like, I would say like, do they know how are they expecting people to interact with their websites what are they expecting from the users to like if they are expected to submit forms or if they are like so what what are going to be their their main indicators or like yeah Mm -hmm. what they think is going to be successful and then based on that we decide where and how are we going to set up the i don't know instruments like google analytics to track that data yeah um... as long as you have like a solid foundation of what are you actually going to measure if you have a rough idea?
2: Yeah, knowing knowing your goals is the most important part. Knowing your goals and, you know, everyone's favorite buzzword, the KPI, your key performance indicators, even if you don't know what specifically the data is that you need to track or measure them, as long as you know exactly what you're looking for, and you don't just show up to the data person and be like, what does the data say? (laughs) Well, (laughs) you need, that's like, that's like asking someone for an answer to a question that you haven't even thought of. So (laughs) You know you gotta you gotta have a clear goal, a clear vision in mind, and even if you don't know where to start, the data person will have an idea of where to start and can parse that out from you know normal normal language that humans speak into nerd speak that a a computer could understand so that's the most important
1: part like in science terms, for example, when you're gonna analyze a chemical sample, you don't pass it through the machine and ask the machine. What is in there? You test it against compounds that you think, or you're trying to check for. So same happens with the data. You cannot just expect it to just come up with a magic question, Um, a magic answer. Sorry. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, I love, I love that analogy, especially for our audience. So thank you so much for that. Um, So, (laughs) ladies, when we are, uh, it's one of you mentioned earlier about data storage and data warehouses and all of that kind of stuff. What kind of things do marketers need to think about in that kind of terms? Because these are things that most people never even consider. Do should the, well first question, should the marketer consider that or is that fall within your remit? Yeah, I guess
1: like that's more more to the data person, but if you if you're a marketer, again, like storage is expensive. So if you know your goals, you're not gonna be just a storage like lots and lots of data that is just making noise and it's just like drowning you. Um, you're going to be just like choosing what exact variables do you need to analyze? What mm-hmm. exact variables do you want to track over time um, to improve or like, um, yeah, to improve uh, the storage or to make the most of it right? instead of just um, misusing it? Yeah. Oh, so this, um, that's, that's what
0: like would come to marketers, just like uh-huh. going back to the goals. Yeah, well, like they the even biggest think about budgets on data storage. So that's a great recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Sorry, and,
2: and the biggest thing is that like data isn't a monolith. Data isn't just like some grand idea that like you just pull whatever information. Like data lives somewhere, and there are different forms of data, and it can come from many different sources. So you can't assume like okay, so I have my goals. And I'm going to get data, or like whatever that nebulous term means, and now I'm going to figure out how to analyze it. Um, no, if you have data that's coming out of HubSpot versus data that's coming out of Google Analytics, those are very different sources of data. They do not behave the same. They don't have the same information. They don't store the data the same way. And so you have to consider... Like how many sources are, um, how many sources is my data living in, and is there a way that I can bring those together? And that might be through like an external um, storage, uh, like a a data warehouse or something like that, Um, Mm -hmm. or if you have the capability in your team or in your company to like create your own sort of API holder or connector. Um, But it gets very technical. So you can't, you can't just assume that like, oh, data is just a thing that's there. And I can just, you know, hand it to someone and tell them to analyze
0: it. Like your data, your data lives somewhere. Huh? Okay. So, and you mentioned like the differences in the data from the different systems. Mm. Does that have an impact on the quality of the data and the quality of the answers that you can get from it? Or is that something that you as a data engineer can fix if the data's a bit dirty? I mean,
1: like, da- <laughs> that's, that, that's, it. that's an interesting thing because <laughs> one thing is the data being dirty and another completely thing is the data being useless. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: like I was going to say she asked two different questions, but oh,
1: used, okay. a
0: word, used one word we're, we're to talking, describe. Oh, well, it's like, Perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're talking about quality mm-hmm. of the data. If the data is, like, if the goals, like, are in place, the data is correctly. Um, I mean, if, if we have, like, set up a housebook correctly and Google Analytics correctly and all of our, our things correctly... And we know how they communicate and we're we're in good in good terms. But again, if we forgot to tune something or if we forgot to, or if we only have like, well, I don't know, 5% of the people answering or et cetera. If, if the data for one reason or the other does not make sense, uh, then there's nothing that can be done. But if the data is just dirty, then like you can clean it. It's like a... Like
0: a fine line. So, so, so yeah. I'm not sure I understand. So, what's like data quality is what if you've set up HubSpot correctly and it's capturing the right data? What do you mean by data to being dirty? Then, what's the difference?
2: So, so data cleaning is like the very first step in like handling data, and all that means is just making sure that the data is stored in a way that a computer will be able to understand it easily because computers are very picky. We know this. And so if it's something like, let's say you set up your HubSpot correctly, you have all the information, everything's great, and then you go and you download it into an Excel file. And for some reason, it turns out all of the phone numbers are stored in scientific notation. So like, instead of being like, 978-555, 978555 it's coming through as like 978000 it's being read as a number when it shouldn't be when it should be text that's dirty data ah. that needs to be cleaned so that the the number the phone number stored being stored as scientific notation or as a number is changed to a text so that the computer can read it and say ah okay i'm not treating this as a number i'm not going to add phone numbers together I'm going to store them separately as this belongs to this record and this belongs to this record. So that's cleaning. And then quality is maybe your HubSpot is like set up pretty decently and or at the very least your phone numbers are coming through as phone numbers. That's that's what you've got. But some of the records are like missing names. Some of them don't have emails. It's kind of random what. What inform- any given record will
1: have as far as information—that's poor quality data. Or you just implemented, yeah. Or you just implemented it, and like uh, the sales team hasn't classified which leads go to in which state uh, of the funnel. We don't have that uh, defined by the by the client, so it can huh. be like a lot of data that is a lot
0: meaningless. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go back to quality and of the data. In the marketing world, obviously we tend to pull data from a range of different systems like your CRM your marketing automation system social all of that kind of stuff is there any of those that are particularly um, at risk of being poor quality data that marketers can help clear like fix before it gets to you are there things that they should be looking out for in advance of a like implementing a data project
1: um, I would think whatever has more human uh, influence is the thing that is more at risk. Um, Mm -hmm. So probably like the CRM um, Mm -hmm. might be more more at risk. Um, Hmm. Uh, Or like
2: um, one thing that I can think of is like, let's say that you want to separate your contacts into a list based on um, their job title. But none of the forms or places where you obtain that sort of information, none of them ask the person what their job title is. So that's, you know, that makes your data poor quality. It's it's unusable. Um, so you have to like, at, to Marcy's point about like, you know, human interaction, like you're, if you're a marketer and you're setting up a form, you have to make sure that all the information that you want or that you might want is is in that form is in a place where when the data comes in it can be sorted properly that is
0: so important because it also comes back to the points that you both of you made earlier about if you don't know what your goals are and you don't know what questions you want to answer with this project then it's going to go off track anyway so it feeds into everything before you start any marketing planning program before you start developing any piece of marketing communications material you need to go back to what those goals are what questions you know you're going to get asked from a measurement program so that you know that it's you're designing measurement in from the start you can't start at Mm -hmm. the end and look back you've got to plan it in from the beginning right
2: yeah that's that's why it's like you generally want to bring a data person like if you don't already know data if you're not already familiar with it in some way then that's why you want to bring someone in as soon as possible from the ground up to help advise you on this is what it should, this is the information that you want because you can't, once data's gone, it's gone. You can't hunt down someone's like IP address and be like, okay, I know you filled out this form three months ago, but I forgot to add that I wanted to know what your business is or something, what your industry
0: is. You can't do that, so. Absolutely. And I think this is a really important point, Michelle, that you're making, because before we talked about bringing the data scientist in when you were starting a measurement program. But actually what we're saying here is you bring the data scientist into your strategic planning process so that you're actually getting it in earlier. And this is why um, at Covell & Bonds, we always do what we call the measurement metrics methodology workshop, which actually mm-hmm. makes sure that you define the goals upfront, how you're gonna measure them, what data sources, what you know, what you, we need to know from the beginning, and then that informs the planning. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody should be doing. And having your input at that stage to say this is possible and these are the fields that you need to be gathering is really critical.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe, th- maybe also to like be able to differentiate between like meaningless metrics versus actual mm-hmm. metrics. For example, it doesn't matter how much followers you've got if none of them interact with your content, like in mm-hmm. social media. So, do you really want to measure followers? Like is that gonna be your indicator? That's yeah. that's one of the examples. Like the really, well, depends a vanity, or... word,
0: isn't it? Exactly, It's yeah, exactly. vanity. I mean, and that's exactly. that's not saying it's a bad thing. You know, people um, make decisions; they live emotionally. So we have to assess mm-hmm. people's emotions. So if that is important to someone, telling them that it's stupid is not going to help. Like <laughs> yeah. we can gather it we tell them that but don't make big decisions on it because it's not important on the customer journey
2: yeah or like you just all you need to do is just um focus it a little more like that's why that's why we were always talking about like specificity and stuff it's like okay so you you are really about the number of followers but as far as like useful insights you can get from that why don't we, along with getting all your followers, let's look at your followers, let's analyze them, let's see if they're engaging, and what they're engaging with, like, drill down, like, you can have your big idea of, like, followers are important to me, and that might feel instinctually correct, and in a sense, it is, you're, you're pointing at something, like, social media engagement is an important metric for marketing, but you might not have the vocabulary to say why you want it to have this number of mm-hmm. followers. What does having that number of followers mean? Because you can have an Instagram account that has 2.6 million followers, but every post gets like a hundred likes. Whereas you have another one that has like only like, you know, ten thousand, but every post gets five thousand likes. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not just pure numbers, but it is pointing at some sort of engagement metric that you might actually find interesting, you might actually find
1: useful and can be insightful that way. And with this visitors is- for the website, like you don't like you don't win anything by having thousands and thousands of visitors if no one mm-hmm. feels like a contact us form or no one engaged in any way with the website. Right. So mm-hmm it's just like they are they all go together it's not that it's bad
0: to collect one it's just they just have to go with something else and this is
1: why i
0: think yeah and this is why i think it's so important for um anybody that's looking at strategic marketing and measurement to engage data scientists and data analysts on your team because i can tell you from personal experience as and i'm a marketer and i tell everybody i'm not a data person by background but when we're looking at the data and i i make these wild assumptions like i see something that marcia michelle presents and go oh so that means and they bring it back and go you can't compare that to that that's not possible and it's really interesting because they look at it in a very different way and i do you want to comment on that Have you got any observations or thoughts on how marketers can approach this
1: i just think that we just have to be careful because the fact that the fact that it's a coincidence doesn't mean that it's being caused by, you know. That it just can like I mm-hmm. don't know, a news in the paper uh, can be uh, can can be at the same time with a spike in our web visits,
0: but they mm-hmm. don't
1: necessarily be are correlated. They don't cause each other. They just happen to have to be there at the same time, and that's something we have to be very very careful with. Yep correlation does not equal causation that is like
2: the the holy grail the golden the golden rule of of science and analysis like correlation does not equal causation Mm -hmm. yeah there's a whole website about it and it's great and i love it but it shows
1: ridiculous things
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah,
2: yeah oh my god it's so fantastic it's like it shows like just the most random things like you know when a figure skater turns this many times this number of people have heart attacks or something and like the data (laughs) tracks for some reason (laughs) the data the data tracks for some reason but like of course, it's not because this person is spinning like four times. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so like marketers, marketers, like you, y'all are a very like excited bunch and like you sometimes need your, your data analyst. <laughs> You're all full of like energy and you like talking to people and stuff and it's really weird. But like for us data people, <laughs> for us nerds behind the computer, we're like, um, actually, calm down because you can't do that. And it's how you bring different sorts of minds and different sorts of mindsets together that help you build the best results and the best company and everything that you want makes it possible.
0: And I love that because that also feeds into our like values as a company as well, which is always hire people that are completely opposite to yourself. Because by meeting in the middle, you get real magic, right? And we have that as a team. We have people from different backgrounds in terms of, like, we have scientists, data scientists, marketers. We have different cultures. We have, you know, we cover the whole range. And that's the same thing here. And one tip that I've got that we have learned um, every day at Covalent Barnes is don't keep data and marketing separate. They have to be one team together. So I can't go to Marcy and say, can you answer this question if she doesn't know the context of the marketing program? What are the specificities of that client and what do they actually need? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the first tip and the first thing that we have learned from our our experiences of setting up this team and growing it is make friends from the beginning and talk from the beginning and meet all the time to share that knowledge because that will make all of your data driven marketing much more successful. Anything else that you guys have learned as <laughs> working together that you go, God, I wish other people would know this.
2: Um well first I just want to plug that amazing website I was talking about for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's it's called It's tylervegan.com, and it's literally just all of the weirdest correlations that you could possibly ever hope to see in your entire life.
0: (laughs) Um, We'll put put a link to it in the show notes as well, so everyone can get a direct link. (gasps) So that's great. Oh, that's
2: so exciting. I listen to podcasts (laughs) all the time, and they talk about show notes, and now I get to
0: say, ah, we're dropping a link in the show notes, guys. So, bringing um, us back to the question. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, anything okay. else that you have learned from like our like bringing together of marketing and data? Anything that somebody is about to start this kind of project and has never worked with a market, like data people that have never worked with marketers or marketers who've never worked with data people. What would be your tips?
2: Well, going from like marketers who have never worked with data people, mm-hmm. I would say that like your data people are on your team, we promise. Even though almost all of our answers to everything are it depends, or <coughs> maybe, or it's possible, we might seem wishy washy, but we're not. We're being careful because we don't want to tell you yes and then you do a thing and it goes up in flames and it's like, oh, I misread that. <laughs> like, yeah. So your data people are advisors. They tell you this is the way that the wind is blowing and this is how hard the wind is blowing.
0: It, this, this is really useful because most of our audience are marketers who are embarking on this for the first time. They're also trying to do this, a lot of this, uh, without the support of data scientists. So these kind of tips that help them not make assumptions about the data is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's take that a bit further. If they don't have um, a team like you two to help, where should they start on to approach this on their own? Or should they not at all? I mean, I think
1: like everyone can give it a good try. And after a couple like, like as any any other learning curve, right? Um, mm-hmm. Many people that know data don't know anything about marketing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you you start learning a little bit as you go on. Um, so I wouldn't this encourage people to, to do it at all. I do you think if you want to be successful at least at the beginning, you should try to pair with people that have had the experience. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't try to, I wouldn't try to learn to cook from my five year old niece, you know. I would try to learn, or take cooking classes from uh, someone that knows a little bit better. So, yeah. But if you're determined to start on your own, just for me, it's just like factor all the all the reasons why the data could not be correct. Like try to question the quality of your data, and you yeah. know, understand soon enough how representative that actually is.
0: A uh, great answer
1: yeah I was
2: I, I would add to that like if you're a marketer who hasn't touched data before, you can start. You just have to be careful and you have to learn how to think scientifically. And if that takes literally just like watching YouTube videos about the scientific method or about like how to think in a way that um, that allows you to stop thinking, that data is, like, this magical beast that, like, once you figure it out, once you tame it, like, it'll give you all your answers and everything. And just, like, you know, searching, like, what are some data terms that I should know about? And where should I be looking for this type of data? And what tools are available? And, like, I mean, frankly, that can be quite overwhelming. And, I know that we've been kind of harping on like, you really want to set it up right the first time, but like you really want to set it up right the first time. So if you can reach out and find people who can at least advise it, like if you, if you want to try it yourself, by all means, please, we, we would love the data nerd population to grow. Like I need more friends, but, (laughs) (laughs) but um. But in doing that, you might want to look for as many resources as you can. And even though self learning is very much possible, it helps a lot more if you have someone who has gone through the process already, either of self learning or just learning in general, and they can point you towards like the different pitfalls that you might not
0: see because you just haven't experienced them yet. Um, ah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, this has been. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you coming on a late on a Friday for us to have this chat. I just want to like I want to reiterate one point that this is an ongoing thing. So you don't just do a data project or a measurement project. Mm -hmm. It has to be designed into your marketing from the beginning. And it's an iterative process. And when you see what you um, the signposts are telling you, you tweak what you're doing and you control it like a scientific experiment, control one variable, change the other, see what's working, adjust your measurement methodology, and then start again and keep going. This is an ongoing partnership. Marketing is no longer people just sat around a table being creative and coming up with some beautiful pictures. Mm -hmm. That's not enough. Saint (laughs) madman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not like that anymore. You have Mm -hmm. to treat marketing as a science and For us in our industry, this should be music to our ears. So go and buy a coffee for your data team. Become best friends with them. Get them in the strategic planning process and just keep building these relationships because it's to everybody's benefit. Mm -hmm. Right. Ladies, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Um, Thank you.
2: Thank you. You're the coolest CEO.